Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I guess Jesus is always cool. It's just all the stuff around him is less cool. Yeah, but Jesus was a cool person. Like, now that you, like, I really understand the Bible, it's like Jesus hung out with the wicked. You know what I mean? Right. He hung out with, like, some wicked motherfuckers. He hung out with party people. I was like, of course he was cool. He had access to debaucherous shit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He was around people that did drugs and fucking did all that shit. And it's like, yeah, he was a cool-ass dude. Right, he knew Paul before he was Paul. Back when he was just Saul, he was out here doing yeah. wild shit. <laughs> like, I remember you, nigga. Yeah, it's like, his, I remember. His Detroit red face, you know what I mean? <laughs> the government growing babies. Microchips in your anus. All koala bears are racist. Yep, 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 there it is, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove that Russell Westbrook will be the first man to dunk on a nigga in a skirt. It's happening. This man is setting a, a precedent. He's, he's laying out a future that we all should believe in. Don't listen to Boosie. Boosie don't know a goddamn thing. We want to see niggas dunking in skirts. Russell Westbrook, you are our Lord and Savior from this day forth. <laughs> we serve at the hem of your dress, Russell Westbrook. We're so excited for you. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always. You know how I come in. I don't fuck around. I, I come in the way I come in, and I ain't even got to tell you what the fuck that is. You know, you, if you listen to this shit, you know my behavior. Now, who you don't know and who I can't wait for you to hear is my guest today. He's so funny. Hilarious. He's a stand-up comedian. He's an actor. He's a, a writer. He does all this shit. You know his work. He was on Last Comic Standing, killed it on that shit. He was on Master of None. You know him from a lot of dope shit. Give it up for my guest, Mr. Monroe Martin. Yo, what up? What up, dog? I like that intro. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't seem like convinced it. that I was going to give you a good intro when we were discussing it ahead of time. It's your show. I'm just like, look, do what you do. <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to say, I don't. <laughs> I'm very excited you're here. You came with a conspiracy theory that I think is probably one that that I don't know that I ever even associated with black people, if I'm being honest. Yeah. That yeah. like it 
it felt like a very quote unquote white conspiracy theory when we were growing up. But I'm yeah. very glad that you are the person bringing it to us because yeah. I, I know enough of your history to know that this is going to be a very interesting conversation. So with Absolutely. that said, you said, my mama told me. Y2K was real. Yes. And it wasn't even my mama. It was because I grew up in foster care. So it was somebody else's mama. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my fucking mama, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else's mama is out here spreading lies to me. Yeah, yo. Okay, so so a foster care yeah. parent? Do y'all call them parents? How does that work? Is it a, a I call them Miss and Mr. or whatever the fuck they name Okay. Are. Like so- they were <laughs> And some of them hate that shit. Some of them are like, no, just call me Uncle This or just call me Aunt That or call me mom. And it's like I'm not your family. Yeah. No, nigga. You Mr. and Mrs. Blase Blah. Yeah. So, and they, they hate that shit. I have to assume that to call somebody mom and then they return you is that's yeah. a that's a tough feeling to, <laughs> to deal with. It's like, bitch, I did the thing you told me to do. <laughs> yeah. I call you mom. <laughs> I gave you permanent lady energy and you gave me temporary <laughs> kid you know what I mean? Returns. That's not how yeah. this works. <laughs> So a a foster mister or missus <laughs> yes. basically told you that Y2K was a legit thing. Yeah, my foster family. It was, um, where was I? I was living, I think I was living with the Johnsons at the time. Yeah, and they were a super, like, churchy family mm-hmm. at church. Every single day, like, maybe took off on, like, Tuesdays or, or something like that. Wow. But every single day we went to church. And they truly believed it. Like, like it was the end of the world. So we had to go to church. We had to pray. I don't know if you know, but like in church, you do like the the whole write your sins down to the, not your sins, but the thing that you really want to achieve or that you're grateful for. You mm-hmm. had to write that down in a piece of paper and you throw it in like a burning trash can. You stand around and pray. You Whoa, never had to do that. that? Is, that was not standard, I think, in every church. <laughs> oh, yo, no. We had the Playing right trash like... can basketball with your prayers? No, I, like... I don't think everybody's <laughs> doing that. <laughs> For the Lord. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do that, but I'm so happy to hear that that's a thing. That motherfuckers was hooping oh, with their yeah. prayers. They only talk about white people's craziness with uh, religion, but black people take this shit too serious, too. And yes. I was a kid, and I read the Bible, like, before that point. So it just everything they were saying just made sense because I believed in the religion as hard as they did. So right. when they were like, ah, we don't know, like, like, they believed. But somehow it was like internet conspiracy that they believed. And it was also something religious that they believed. Yeah, that's the the part that I guess I I felt confused about is mm-hmm. is you're saying that these are are super religious people and Y two K at least as I understood it was mm-hmm. such a technological contemporary thing that most yeah. religious people I would assume want nothing to do with. Yeah, no, they they fucked with it hard. <laughs> and and we we unplugged all the appliances. We didn't have a computer, which was like weird. I'm like, how you believe that all uh, this shit going crash? And you know, we didn't have like most <laughs> foster homes I was in had like a computer in the living room. They didn't yeah. have none of that shit. We had to go to the library to use a computer. But they were like, nah, we had to get prayed up and we was in church like holding hands until the clock dropped. I mean, I said the clock dropped until the ball dropped the shit. And we was like, Oh, okay. Well, everything's still here. I'm okay. like a sucker. Yeah, that was uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Was there any embarrassment on the back end of this? Was anybody like, "Hey, y'all, my bad. I was really bugging." No, out no, back my there. bads. It was more of a, the Lord will provide, right? Uh huh. <laughs> they say, yeah. That's what it turned into. It quickly turned into, yeah, it worked. Like, nigga, no, you was wrong. Yeah, no, that you don't get to do that. You made a bet, you lost the bet. You don't get to be yeah. like, "Well, I always knew I was going to lose, but that's winning in my book." And yeah. It's like, come Yo. on, man. 
<laughs> so so you guys go to church the night yeah. of, you know, December 31st, 2000, yeah. Yes. Uh, 1999, you spend Absolutely. the entire evening in church. You're praying. What yeah. What do you think it is that they are, or, or maybe you remember, what are you praying for? Is it for your salvation? Is it for yeah. the world to actually end? Because that's the part, I guess, that confuses me. Like, do they want it to end or is it I want it to keep going? But if it doesn't, I want to be saved in this shit. They didn't. Yeah, they want to be saved. They wanted to keep going. But if if it did end, if that was the day it ended, then, you know, then they just wanted to seek salvation. So. What we was writing down, we was writing, writing down what we was grateful for. And also, yeah, just kind of like putting that energy out that we can continue. Because, you know, the pastors always get everybody riled up, especially yeah. the youth. Because the old people, he don't believe in them niggas. He believes in them young, <laughs> vibrant prayers. Them young, juicy prayers. You know what I mean? <laughs> them, 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 them prayers that are wet, <laughs> just wet. <Yeah. laughs> the old prayers don't got no, no slide to them, though, boy. They, they dried up, baby. Them, you need them wet prayers. <laughs> so they kind of really lied on, like, the youth board and all the, the young people to really participate. So we were, like, all sat around praying. We went to the back of the church where we threw, like, the shit into mm-hmm. the fire and we were just all around praying holding hands and then we ate and it was just like an all-day thing but once it was like five four three two one we all like out there like singing and fucking holding hands and shit whoa okay and i didn't have any embarrassment just because like i didn't have no embarrassment because i was just like okay it works you know what i mean so you you were bought in on what the Absolutely. johnsons were serving Absolutely. Because that was given to me, a, like, it was given to me years back. Like, religion, like, my grandmother used to give me the Bible to read when I was in, like, group homes, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm like, my grandma, I don't, like, I'm sad or whatever. She's like, read, are you reading your Bible? Like, <laughs> so, like, all those stories, like, you know how pastors flip shit. So, like, the world itself was, like, Sodom and Gomorrah and, like, all that shit. So yep. that's why they were able to, like, kind of believe that this is true. Got you. You know okay. what I mean? That's how yeah. they tied it to it. It wasn't just like, oh, electronics. It was just like, yo, this has been coming for a long time because of what's happening on Earth with the drug use and the, and the, and the mm-hmm. violence and all of that stuff. So it was believable to me because I've been reading the Bible up until that point, I'm with this religious-ass family. We go every day. They're really in the church. So to me, I was just like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is, this could be the end, but fuck it. We go pray that it ain't. Yeah. You're doing some, I think, important math here for our listeners mm-hmm. that probably, it may be obvious, it may not be obvious, but I think okay. the implication is that Y2K And Mm -hmm. for those of you that probably are too young to remember what the fuck Y2K was, but basically at the year, as the clock struck 2000, theoretically Mm -hmm. a bunch of computers couldn't handle changing to 2000 because they were only set for a a two-digit time code. And so Mm -hmm. that zero, zero meant the computers would think that we had gone all the way back to 1900 and they would like shut down. That was the yeah. big scare of of Y2K. And so what you're saying is that that shutdown, which ultimately would have landed all of us in like darkness for a while yeah. and hunger mm-hmm. and all kinds of crazy things, is just the rapture coming yeah. to, to life. It's the actual like, like real yeah. thing exploding. And so for you, a person who's reading the Bible, aware of these stories, being coached by these, these yeah. adults in your life to believe this shit— all of it's colliding in a way that you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to pray in a church all yeah. the way through midnight. All the way through midnight. We was in that bitch at like <laughs> six. Six o'clock. We was in that thing at six. We ate two dinners. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not what God teaches you. God doesn't go no. like, hey man, you got to eat two dinners if you're in church all day. You, know, you still only need one dinner. Only one dinner, but we had two. We had the church dinner, and then they ran, and everybody got, like, uh, I think, like, chicken from Popeye's. Oh, and then we shit. were just eating chicken, waiting for the end of the world to happen. 
if we're gonna die, we're gonna die gluttonous and and weird, no. just Bad filled shit. with Popeyes. So you pray all night. You mm-hmm. buy into what these people are selling. Yeah. Do you remain a believer in what was offered to you as a as a child? Yeah, for a while, I still was like, like it was more of like a a phew. I'm glad right. it didn't turn out that way, but you never know. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it wasn't like uh it wasn't like this shit is fake. It was like I was like, all right, we had faith and maybe it just wasn't that time. Right. Maybe, you know what I mean? But nobody, like nobody in that church walked away like this nigga tripping. Like nobody <laughs> walked away feeling like that. Everybody walked away like, yeah, okay, we did that. Bless. You know what I mean? Let's remain blessed. Let's continue to live our life righteous from this moment on. Right. So it was like another, it was like everybody's going, okay, we got another opportunity to, to continue living. And You literally made it out of a car crash. That wasn't a fucking car crash, nigga. We wasn't, we was all walking. There ain't no car, <laughs> we wasn't even in a car. Okay, so so you you walk away, you're feeling positive, I guess, about mm-hmm. the fact that you survived this really scary thing. I, I guess yeah. what I'm curious about is how long does that carry you? Do you continue to believe that to this day? Are you like still like secretly nah. on some religious shit? Or are you like, no, after about a year and a half, I knew they were bullshitting and I was ready to move on. I believed in religion heavily until at least like maybe like 16, 17. And then I was started to be like, man, this don't make no sense. Because if you really start to read the Bible, it's a scary thing. And the way the stories are, it's like it applies to everything, anytime. You know what yeah. I mean? Like any, and that's the scary thing. So for me, like I was just like, I don't know if I can believe in religion this hard. I believe it. I'll, I believe in God. I'll keep one foot in the door. Right. But, you know what I mean? Like, I kept the God part. I lost that book. Like, I was yeah. like, nah, y'all niggas taking this book too serious. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But for a while, yes, up until like 16, 17, I was very religious and very like, you know, we're on borrowed time and we're fucking up as people. And any day, God can just come down and end this motherfucker. Because there was like mudslides. Like, like, I lived in fear because there was always something happening. And especially because a lot of my foster parents watch world news, not local news, not just local uh, news. There was always violence. You know what I mean? There was always some killings. There was always like some natural disaster happening in another country. So it just felt real. It right. just felt like, yo, okay, like this world is coming to an end. We just don't know when it's going to happen all at the same time. And then once, like, like I said, once 16, 17 happened, I was like, nigga, shit always breaking. Yes. Like, that's how I looked at it. I was like, country's always getting hit with shit. Like, yeah. fuck this shit. <laughs> it would be as if uh, th- there was like some sort of ant hill network that ants yeah. were finding out how many of their hills got kicked over every day. And it's like, if they knew the number yeah. of ant hills I lit on fire with magnifying glasses <laughs> and kicked over, they'd be terrified. But if you yeah. just think you're, if you just live in your ant hill and don't have all that other information, the world's not mm-hmm. as scary of a place. It's it's relatively peaceful most of the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it it's a weird game that we play. I think as, as humans, where we're we're wanting to to make bigger connections. And, mm-hmm. and those bigger connections just scare the shit out of us and then make us yeah. turn to things like going to church five days a week to ensure yeah. our, our salvation from the, the horrors that, that yeah. might face us. Yeah, absolutely. And it was more than like shit shutting down. Like Y2K was more than like just computers shutting down. It was like, now that I know, I'm like, oh shit, I was told a different story. Like our story was t- more like, like anything can happen at that point. Like nuclear mm-hmm. missiles and shit can like launch and go off and stuff like that. It wasn't just like, oh, we ain't gonna be able to email our friends. It was like, nah, all the shit we created is gonna implode on us. Yes. Go, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, it Y2K was as close to like the Terminator Skynet yeah. like thing that that we've been warned about, at least up to this point. That, you know, at yeah. some point all this AI we keep inventing is gonna actually like murder us. But until that day, yeah. this was Skynet. This was fully our bombs are gonna are gonna turn and face us and shoot us in our yeah. our, our fucking noses. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So so you you believe this, you're bought in on this, and then at some point you're not bought in on it. Where do you mm-hmm. stand now with the I, I'm curious about this just having done some of the research and I won't I won't flag anything that I found yet, but I am curious to know where do you stand with Y2K in general? Are, are do you feel like that's a ridiculous premise? Are you like, nah, Y2K had its legitimacy? Like where where does it live in your head? Oh no, nah, it was some horseshit. Like you said, it was <laughs> it was definitely some horseshit. You know what I mean? It was definitely like y'all just, just like it just didn't make sense after that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like looking back at it, it was just like like why would the computers just like everything clock off and just not be able to go? Oh shit, it's two thousand. Like it didn't. Yeah, like yeah, looking yeah. back, now I know how computers work, and I'm like. Nigga, updates with new switch coats. <laughs> I was like, hey, they can't remember to go, oh, 2000. You're right. You know what I mean? The computer, you're saying the computer could have figured this out, that this wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't like some complicated math problem that like they just couldn't equate. It's like, no, they would have, they would have come around eventually on this. Yeah. It was like more like the. Like, when I realized it was just like, oh, shit's going to shut down because people, well, I'm like, what, people ain't going to be at their desk? Like, who, what what series of computers had to shut down for, like, bombs and shit to go off? Yeah. And there's no, there's no fail-safe. They didn't program it to not fucking blow up if they can't access some shit. Right. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, now knowing more, and I'm like, and knowing, and when I say knowing more, like, when I was young, I didn't know how advanced computers were. Like, mm-hmm. there was just some shit we was forced to use in school for a class. Yeah. So, I didn't know. Then You know what I mean? We just, like, wrote papers and fucking played Minesweep and shit like that. Yeah. But I didn't know how advanced it really was. And knowing how advanced it was, I was like, like, now, I'm like, man, that's a bullshit. Like, now, watching documentaries on, like, how far computers came and when they got to my age, they were pretty, like, already, like, used around the world for businesses, and they can yeah. pretty much do anything. And I'm like, oh, man, I was just fucking stupid as shit. Like, I was with some stupid-ass people. Yeah, because Oregon Trail no is now. not the, the, the greatest potential of these machines. <laughs> there are other things that they can do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're making a really important point, because I think... A lot of people, on average, most people don't know what computers can actually do. And I do think that that was sort of like the sweet spot that Y2K kind of found us in, where like there were still homes in America where people didn't have Internet access, didn't have computers, weren't connected in that way. And so yeah. when a bunch of people start screaming that like the Internet and the 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 computers are going to destroy us, it's like, yo, yeah. I don't even got one of those. I'm scared as fuck. Whereas yeah. now we know everything about computers <laughs> or at least everything about computer potential. So we like, yeah. bitch, I'll kill my computer first. <laughs> like, you know, it's not going to kill me. Throw that bitch in the tub. I yeah. Can- <laughs> not gonna beat me up what the fuck are you talking about okay my last question before we go to break and i and this i can't imagine that this is true but i'm curious do you still keep in contact with this family is there is there nah. any communication at this point no i don't keep in because i had too many families you know what I mean? Like, I live yeah. with, like, 15 different, like, foster families and foster Whoa. facilities and all that shit. So I, I was with too many to really just, like, keep track. But they were the most religious people I ever lived with. Like, everybody sure. else after that point kind of believed in it. Like, they believed in religion, like, if they needed, like, a raise at work or something. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're like, I need a blessing real quick. Let me go to church for, like, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then to me, like, getting to see those different relationships with, like, God and shit like that, that got me to be like, people don't know what the fuck they talk about or what they're doing. They're just reading this book that they don't know where they got it from. They're just like, it got right. Jesus in it. it. got a bunch of stories. <laughs> that's, that's such an exposing thing, I have to imagine, for a young person to, like, it's one thing to get religion from your parents, right? Or from... Yeah the adults in your life, because you are getting their information the way they see it all the way through start to finish. But if you have 15 different iterations of this thing, at some point you just see all the holes you can poke in in all of it. None of it's real. It's all just whatever you decided it should be. And I guess I'm here for a while, so I'll pray along with you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, oh man, that's magnificent. What We would all benefit from a little bit of uh, foster behavior. You know what I mean? We know. Yeah. yeah. Do- <laughs> <laughs> just, just to, like, I think we all should just, like, you know how they do, like, wife swap? I think you should, everybody should have to live <laughs> with everybody's family just to realize how ridiculous the shit y'all believe in is. Like, oh, this ain't how you're <laughs> supposed to eat spaghetti. Wait a goddamn minute. I'm getting out of here. Oh, yeah, my fucker. I didn't learn the spoon thing until at least, like, what was it, like, 19? Yeah. The spoon with the spaghetti. And I'm like, that's just too many utensils. Bro. It's this too many I utensils. Can... And frankly, if you did it in public, people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah, they don't go, oh, he's classy. They're like, nigga, get it on your shirt like a real man. <laughs> spit it, slurp it, and then see some splash back on your goddamn shirt. Yeah, and then regret it and ask if they have club soda at the bar. Be a a person. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Monroe Martin, more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are how is my man supposed to schmeet his meat with this shit bro what the fuck yeah we're back here with more monroe martin more my mama told me we are still talking about that y2k scare and the potential rapture 
that came along with it, the fear that that Jesus was going to return and he was not going to be cool the Mm -hmm. second time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump into some of this research. And I have to say, I think this is going to be a great jumping off point for us is as it turns out, because I, similar to you, walked into this feeling like Y2K, complete horse shit, None of it. It was just all a stupid thing that we made up and got very extreme about. But as it turns out, Y2K, Mm -hmm. the threat of Y2K was something that the government and these various organizations were very, very scared about, that they spent Mm. years, literally years having to prep for it. And in 1998 alone, they spent over a hundred billion dollars testing and coordinating and doing system examinations to make sure that Y2K didn't actually come to pass. Oh wow. Yeah. God damn. It was so real the shit. The church wasn't that far off. <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn the goddamn government had their Bibles open too. Yeah. The government was like, please don't let this Jesus come back, man. We gotta do everything we can. <laughs> So apparently what they were prepping for was that that computers up to that point, while they were as technologically advanced as you and I talked about, they also had just limited capacity in some of their their reasoning. And so, at least in my understanding, it wasn't going to turn into the nuclear devastation that we imagined, right? That all these people who bought bunkers and, like, uh, cans of beans to live off of were probably exaggerating. But what they were right about is the fact that, like, a bunch of the the technologies we had were completely reliant on computers that would have shut down or at least glitched. And if you are in charge of financial systems, that is not fucking cool in America. You know what I mean? Certainly across the world, but especially in America. Yeah. Holy shit. Goddamn. Now I'm a little scared. I really feel like I dodged a bullet now. Yeah. I'm like, baby, all that trash can praying, <laughs> trash can fire praying works. <laughs> you posted up one more prayer and, and here yeah. we are. We're all free yeah. because of it. <laughs> well, it's, it's so I read something that was talking about how like uh, like cash registers were a big mm-hmm. problem, right? Because the cash yeah. registers were computers and there was a fear that they wouldn't be able to open cash registers uh, as soon as midnight hit for these various, you know, it's equipment like that, that then fucks up their potential of accessing money. And then on a grander scale, you have like the stock market and a bunch of other computers that are involved in that, that would have fucked up and they would have been able to fix it. Right. Like this isn't like an end, a world ending glitch, but I do think that it's the type of glitch that maybe would have launched us into a potential recession or something more yeah. extreme than that because it's more like a brownout than a full blackout of society. Mm. Damn. Yeah, it's heavy shit, man. God damn. Shit. Well, whew. Right. <laughs> Good thing we we got the internet to the point where we can just post ass shaking videos. <laughs> yeah. You know, the ass shaking videos never hurt anybody. You know what I mean? No, they know. That's, Nurses are shaking asses now. So. Yeah, and, and thank God. I'm sick of them yeah. doing medicine. Focus on that ass, baby girl. Now, one of the things I found most interesting in unpacking some of this research is that though many of the people in charge of these systems felt hesitant, so they did, they spent all this money, $100 billion in a single year in 1998, just to be able to like fix all this shit. But even though they made all these changes and did all these checks and theoretically solved the problem, a bunch of the people in charge were scared to come out and say, hey, y'all, everything's cool. We fixed it at the possibility that they did not fix it and they would have been embarrassed on the back end when shit came to pass. Mm. So it, it it's like this this weird game similar to what you're describing of the people in church where it's like, yeah. yo, I believe, but I don't know how far I can commit to my beliefs because yeah. I, if I go too far, then I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be fucked up because really, yeah. if you believe in like the rapture and all that shit, kill yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Be, 
be be forward with the shit and just just end it all so that you can be closer to God uh, when when the time is right. Yeah. Nah, that shit is funny. Everybody's just standing out there like, ah, all right, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like relieved to be able to keep living. There's an ankle kill myself, but I'm going I'm to see. Yeah. Yeah, you claimed you wanted to be with God. You wanted to be in heaven, but instead you're like, nah, I'm, I like earth. I'm going to keep kicking it off. Yeah, earth nobody wants to, like, people want to be with God, but not now. No. <laughs> nobody wants to go home now. No. That's why yeah. it's it's his time to call you home, not not Absolutely. your time to be called home. Yeah. So another part that I found particularly interesting, especially relating to to what you've been talking about, is the weird rise of religious and militia groups that came from the Y2K scam. Mm. There were a ton of like of militia groups and, and religious sort of like you I guess you could call them cults, although I think that that word is sort of weighted. I think a lot of shit is cultish yeah. and we just don't yeah. treat it Absolutely. like that. You know what I mean? There's plenty yeah, of things, no, including regular religion that like truly is a cult. We just don't call it that because Christianity is at the foundation of American values. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that absolutely. said, massive rise in Y2K because exactly what you were saying before of the possibility that we're in the middle of signs or or we're seeing these signs of the rapture coming. Yeah. And it's a, a chance to sort of coax believers to the other side to get them yeah. more uh, aligned with your your position, your values. Yeah. Mm. With that, did you find, I guess, that that this religion was being weaponized in your community? Did you see more people coming to church than ever before? Or was this like, no, nah, we got our consistent crew? It was more of a consistent crew because it wasn't a big church. This family didn't go to like a... A mega church. I was with families that did go to like super churches that were in like fucking like damn near looking like stadiums and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But this one was like a little small church. And so they didn't have a big congregation to begin with. You know what I mean? They only had so many kids and most of the church, uh, most of the church were like old, older black women. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they believe super hard and we just follow in their footsteps because we're brought by them. Yeah. They made the mac and cheese, so I'm going to go out. Yeah, we was like, look, <laughs> Dennis said I could nap in church, so I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't see the whole block. Honestly, I, like, when I seen, like, people, like, partying, not even partying, they were just going about their lives, and I'm going to church. You know what I mean? Like, right. my next-door neighbor at the time, like, his mom wasn't like, oh, we're going to go to church. Like, they weren't scared at all. And it was kind of like, as a little kid, it was kind of like, damn, I may not see this motherfucker again. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, damn, okay, well, whew. And then once you get back home, you're like, what up, nigga? Guess right. Yeah. You were right. These niggas was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been partying with your friends and shit to eat Doritos, right. but instead... <laughs> it does feel weird. I and I I had a period in my life where I was I I very dissimilar to you. I was the one that that tricked my family, tricked that to talked yeah. my family into going to church. Like I I made a point of being like, hey, I want yeah. us to be church people. We got to go. And yeah. I was going like three times a week just because I liked it. I was like, church is cool. Yeah. I fuck with yeah. church. And there is that weird feeling of bringing that back to your peer group who are yeah. never as into it as you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. None of, I can't imagine any of your friends were like, fuck yeah, I'm glad you spent Y2K in a church nah, praying for there's, our salvation. There's like, we was playing video games while our parents were getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they lived a very, a very different and probably more peaceful uh, transition oh, into the new millennium. Absolutely. So the other thing that I found pretty interesting in all of this that I I never thought about, but I do think makes a lot of sense is that we spend a lot of time talking about the Christian 
rise of these religious cults or sort of like religious factions, if you will. Mm. But it wasn't just Christian fundamentalists. For example, there were a bunch of far-right Jewish groups that believed they needed to liberate the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, destroy the Mm -hmm. Dome of the Rock Mosque, and build the third temple that was foretold by the prophets before the year 2000 struck in order to sort of like help bring their own religious ending to pass. Yeah. Goddamn. And so a bunch of Christian fundamentalists actually supported this theory. And this is my favorite thing that happens. These groups, interestingly, basically like the Christians supported these right wing Jewish people. But and in their takeover of this, like this space in Jerusalem, because they believed that Jews taking over was a was proof of the end of days. So like they wanted mm. the Jews to win because if the Jews yeah. win, then that means the world is ending <laughs> and then their <laughs> theories are correct. Yeah. Holy shit. This shit is deep. Yeah. Well, it's it's God psychosis. Damn. We're all sick as yeah. fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all because our, our fucking, you know, big booty Macintoshes weren't gonna <laughs> weren't gonna be uh working the way that we planned them. And people were like, Yeah, I gotta take over that temple that was promised to me in Hebrew text. It's a bad it's a bad look. Now, so we yeah. talked earlier about the fact that I never really associated Y2K with black people. It it yeah. always for me felt like a a very white thing. Do you feel like you knew a lot of black people that were sort of concerned with Y2K? Uh yeah, just the, um no one who didn't go to that church. Like like I said, everyone else, like I had some members of that church that went to like my middle school and shit. But None of them really, like, was talking about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was mainly just, like, a very, like, small community of people who I would say gave a fuck or just knew. <laughs> I don't think a lot. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. the I don't think the rest of the block even knew what the fuck everybody was like. These church people or the news or whatever was going crazy about. They're just like, right. oh, nah, we're about to turn up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think in a weird way, it's it's a in a weird way, it's a a conversation of access. But it's also, I think, a reflection of the way that black and white people differentiate in America. Yeah. That like truly white people have the the capacity, the space to care Mm -hmm. about a fictional, theoretically fictional thing that might happen to us. And for black people, I think oftentimes it's like, yo, if the shit hasn't come down already, we're good. Yeah. We're chilling. Yeah. We're, yeah. I'm not going to be afraid of some shit that hasn't happened yet. I'll be afraid of some shit yeah. once it happens. Because we're already afraid of the shit that's happening. Yes. <laughs> we don't got space for this new shit. We're like, what? What's the nigga name? Well, I still want to get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when a motherfucker goes, and it's like, I'm going to pop my trunk on your ass. It's like, yeah. all right, man, I'll see you. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. But then they run back with the gun. You're like, oh, oh, shit. All right. <laughs> oh, this nigga's unreasonable. It's like, yeah, he told you. He told you before he left that he, he wasn't a reasonable person. Yeah, but I didn't see the, like, I didn't see, like, a big influx of, like, black people who just walking around like, you know, this shit is over, right? Like, maybe, like, the Israelites, because I grew up with, like, Israelites who always preach the, the coming of right. the downfall of... But you just go, ah, these niggas are just fucking, just rambling. Even though they're yeah, saying yeah, yeah. the same exact shit. Like, it didn't take a while for me to realize they were saying the same exact shit that these pastors were saying. They just didn't have a shiny church behind them. They're just doing that shit in front of, like, a Macy's. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> and you're saying the black Israelites, not Yeah, the- yeah, the black Wait, I don't know any other Israelites. I thought it was an Israelite if they were black. I, well, that's what I'm saying. I think for the average person, when you say Israelites, I think they're in theory thinking about people from Israel. And you're saying no. Oh, no. Which I guess would be Israelis is and Israelites yeah. is a reference to the black Israelites. But for those of yeah. us who, you know, I have a fair amount of white listeners and I don't like that they're yeah. here, but these motherfuckers keep coming back. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, get them uh, out. 
For those of us that are unfamiliar with the Black Israelites, they are, I guess the best way to put it is an extremist mm-hmm. religious sect within yeah. the Black community that sort of believes that Black people were the original men of God. That like yeah. in the Bible, when it references the Israelites, it is actually a reference to Black people and not yeah. who we now associate with the people of Israel. Or Palestine, yeah. I yeah. ain't getting involved. Uh, yeah, yeah he's gonna set our asses down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That ain't got nothing to do with me. But that yeah. said, they are wild and also uh, very noisy in public spaces. Yeah, yeah. So those are the only other people preaching like into the world, get your shit together stuff. Like everybody else, mm-hmm. like I said, was just going about their their business and even. Like I said, even after that, I didn't see any like real extremism, like since that since that home. Like like I said, everybody else just had a a healthy relationship with God. You know what I mean? I like that. I like yeah. that 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 black people remained unaffected in the midst of yeah. uh, what everybody else was calling the end of the world. That's pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. I tried to look up, and I'll. I'll put this in before we go to break, but I tried to look up what black people were doing during Y2K, which is not an easy yeah. thing to, to figure out because, yeah. and you know, I looked up and yeah, I Googled it basically. What, are, what were black people up to during Y2K? And most of the responses were related to uh, Y2K innovations in fashion. Like it, there were a bunch of articles from, from places that wanted to give us credit for our yeah. Y2K innovations in fashion, specifically, they kept yeah. saying that Destiny's Child uh, needs more credit than than they got, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, uh, white yeah. people were were figuring out how to can hamburger, but we were like, yep. <laughs> we was like, yo, this is how you get fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Destiny's Child brought back the belly belts, right? Because that's right. what they did. They just had the fucking belt over their pants that wasn't holding up shit. <laughs> right. Fuck the end of the world. Let's talk about these Pelly Pelly jackets. These are the key. No, it's it's a it's a weird game. To your point, it's a weird yeah. game that we're constantly playing of of yeah. both being at the front of everything that America and the world is talking about, but also being yeah. very isolated in the shit that we're communicating with each other about. Yeah. It's a weird dance. Well, yeah. all right. We're going to take a break. <laughs> it's not supposed to end that way. We, you know, sometimes yeah. we find ourselves <laughs> in a wall. We we talk and then we find ourselves just hitting a wall. And that's okay. We're not running from it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Monroe Martin, more my mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. 
Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Monroe Martin, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the influence that religion had on Y2K or vice versa. The influence Y2K had on religion and the way that we believe in the shit. I'd love to play a game. Let's let's jump into a game. I have a brand new game that I would love to play with you. It's it's a game that I've I've very cleverly called Sashay Away Y2K. There still exists a general state of either denial, complacency, or even apathy about both the reality and the potential effects of Y2K. Sashay mm-hmm. Away Y2K. In this game, I'm going to read to you a couple of quotes that I found of people sharing their, their Y2K stories. I just would love to hear your thoughts on them. Stuff you, okay. you align with, stuff that sounds crazy to you. Let's chat about it and, and see where it goes. All right. Okay. Let's start with this one. This These all came from a, a site called DidYouKnowFacts.com. So I don't know that this is a legitimate site. I just Googled the shit and, and had some fun. But uh, this person said, I'm a firefighter and I was working on the, the Y2K night. Right at midnight, all of our primary radios and CAD systems failed. It was mm. huge. System-wide failure, just like everybody predicted would happen. We were getting dispatched by uh, backup radios, and our uh, dispatchers were writing down calls on pieces of paper. The suck is that my engine company had the first call of the year, but we didn't get credit for it because of the confusion. When they put calls into the computer after it was fixed, we ended up with call 00013. Fuck you, Engine 3. We were first. Sincerely, Engine 12. Mm. <laughs> You're unimpressed. You're like... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this just sounds like white rambling. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm like, oh, all right, nigga. It just sounds like y'all need to up- update your operating system. Like... Yeah, like the younger me would have been like, "Oh shit, that's a sign." Now I'm like, "Nah, it's just y'all it's probably got old computer system." <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the story of a hero. You're saying this is a motherfucker who didn't update and is like trying to play it off, like yeah, cool shit. Yeah, like man, guess what happened to us? It's just like, what the batteries died on your walkie talkies. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. There were a bunch <laughs> of technologies. And that's sort of the annoying thing with Y2K. And yeah. some of the shit that I felt for a long time is like everything doesn't have to be a computer. Some yeah. of this shit should just be regular ass shit. And yeah. y'all made it a computer and made that a problem for me. You know yeah. what I mean? L- yeah. Like now, if you have a car, your yeah. car has a computer in it that if that computer fails, your car is useless. And yeah, for absolutely. years, we had cars that could function without computers, and that was fucking easier. And that lasted forever. I don't think the Tesla is going to last as long as, like, these show cars, like these old school yes. cars that people pull out. I don't think it is. Any of these electric cars, because you got to keep updating the operating system. And eventually, they'll do what they'll do to cell phones, which is just, like, make them that you just can't use them. It's just like your car going to be driving slower than everybody's on the road and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. It's an inconvenience. <laughs> You're like, fuck. Your car going to get hot. They're like, update your operating system, <laughs> pussy. They're like, what the fuck? 
I, I was talking to somebody about it. It might have been my barber who, uh, yeah. you know, this nigga always got a conspiracy theory. But yeah. he was saying that uh, that I guess he's looking into a Tesla or has been talking to somebody about a Tesla. And they were saying that the the battery life for those things is like 10 to 11 years. That like yeah. after 10 to 11 years, the battery no longer works or doesn't work the way it's supposed to, which in yeah. theory, that's pretty long time for a battery. But the battery yeah. for a Tesla is the most important and expensive part. Everything yeah. else is just junk around it. The battery's yeah. everything. So the shit's yeah. going to cost you a brand new Tesla price to fix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's dig into another one. This is a fun one. In October, this person says, my dad finished off the spam he purchased for Y2K. He bought 12 cases of it. Spam. Uh, (laughs) He bought 12 (laughs) cases of it because it was super cheap leading up to Y2K, and he just really enjoys spam. I'm honestly impressed that the dedication of someone who ate 288 cans of spam over 20 years. Oh. Oh, I mean, good for him, though. You know what I mean? Like, good for him yeah. for being committing and going, look, I'm a good, like, the world may not go, but I'm a go, and I'm going to need to get my money for it. <laughs> like, because <laughs> you know, they're just going to throw his shit away where he passes away. You know right. what I mean? They're going to be like, oh, we got to get rid of dad's old spam cans. No, they're not yeah. going to keep them for, like, a keepsake. So he's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to, I'm going to, Eat my investment. Yeah, he's like, I'm not letting this go to waste. I'm gonna finish it. I like spam. If I was, but I in wonder a- if he made meals, like if he like actually like cooked it up, or he just was like straight out from the can, like. Yeah, like, that's you know it. I, mean? I don't. I've never had spam. I'll be real with you. I I've done everything I can in my life to avoid uh, Jello uh, meat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing that I think I would enjoy. So I I've just avoided it. But I have Yo, to spam assume. Spam is great. No, you don't. No, nah, it ain't that. great. No, nah, yeah, come it. on now. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you've made it out of foster care. There's no way you're you looking back and being like, but, but spam is fancy now. Some places, uh, what is it? Spamasubi. You ever had spamasubi? Well, no, you never had spamasubi. No, it's basically just like a like. It's like I think it's Hawaiian or some shit. I don't know or yeah. whatever. It's spam rice and then um something else is it good Whatever. have you have yeah, you enjoyed good. it yeah yeah i ate spam as a as a foster kid I well that's to, what i'm saying you made it out and fry <laughs> it up yeah they used to cut it and then fry it up i'm like all right so i want to know Listen, if there was a time like, if it, there was a time when my mom had what was it five of us living in a one-bedroom apartment we we were all yeah. me and my two sisters were sharing a a big sort of living room type space and and mm-hmm. my mom and her husband had the bedroom and that was uh we were very close we had a lot of yeah. camaraderie but i would yeah. never go back to that shit that is not a a way that I, we should have lived it is not a convenient lifestyle in any means you know what i mean like it was fucked yeah. up that yeah. said i can look back and have fond memories but i'm not going yeah. back i feel like spam has to be the same where it's like yeah. look it filled the meal and I'm glad I ate that day, but there's no fucking way I want to go back to that shit. No, but they made it. Here's the thing. In New York, they make shit fancy. They make poor foods fucking fancy. Like, I <laughs> I grew up eating ramen, paying like fucking 10 cents uh, a pack for ramen. Now it's $20. Whoa. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, oh, man. No, yeah, it's different. That's fair. Yeah, I'm like, it's different now. It's not the same poor food. Yeah, there's definitely a, a different game being mm-hmm. played with these poor foods that nobody knew how to play back when we were kids. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read you two more. This is a fun one. Uh, this person says, my favorite thing was cemetery headstones that were not Y2K compliant. People had headstones made before they died with the mm-hmm. 19 pre-engraved, planning on filling in the la- the next two digits when the time came. Oops, they kept living. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a lot of money to get them things re-engraved. Because it ain't yes. like they can just... Like erase it or sketch it out and be like, nah, we fucked up. Big, 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 big. Like you gotta get yeah. a whole new headstone. <laughs> now like, you gotta like re cement yeah. it. 
<laughs> They're like, fill in the blanks. Yeah. <laughs> it is very expensive. And those fucking headstones in general, all of the, the funeral service, whatever stuff is super expensive. Yeah. So do people still do that? Like buy headstones? I feel like that's like a family thing. Let them handle that shit. I'm dead. Like, I can't see that shit. It's weird because, like, I, you know, my grandparents, my grandfather died last year and he was the type of dude that had been predicting his death for or or at least flagging his death for like decades now. Literally, Mm -hmm. since I met him, he spent every day like I'd call and I'd be like, how are you, Papa? And he'd be like, hey, I could die any day now. And it's like, whoa, (laughs) man. Why is that the energy you face the day with every time? Maybe some positivity, but nah, that was, he he was, that was who he was. You know what I mean? I I think there are just some people who are like, look, I'm going to die. I don't want my family to have to pay for this shit. I'm just going to make my own headstone, but don't do it on, on the year 1998, stupid. Wait until, you know what I mean? See shit through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wait till you got like a a big cough, and then yeah. you're like, oh, I gotta get that headstone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read you my my favorite of this this list. This is a fun one. This person said, "I grew up in rural Tennessee, and my neighbors mm-hmm. at the end of the road were a legit militia. Like they had oh, built wow. a bunch of bunkers and stockpiled food and fuel and weapons, and went out in the woods and trained and exercised. Through the Clinton administration, they were mostly preparing for the New World Order, Hillary Clinton taking over scenario. But Y2K really meshed with their worldview. They offered to let my neighbor." A mechanist, machinist, how does that word work? Uh, and welder, machinist, hell yeah, joined their crew. But I, (laughs) but I guess they didn't, uh, have much use for my family. In October, we got a misdelivered Xerox newsletter in the mail. It was totally creepy, full of helpful tips for setting up your own little warlord, uh, dome after Y2K how to subjugate the population, set up roadblocks around your fire dome, getting the most of your serfs once civilization fell, building alliances with your neighbors, warlords, my machinist neighbor, who always had some shady characters hanging around his place, told the militia he'd be fine and went and went and bought a fucking machine gun. After New Year's, we didn't see the militia much. Their leader died a few months later, which was really a shame because 9-11 would have been right up his alley. God damn. Yeah. God damn. That's, <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy, but I fucks with it. I am yeah. like, you know what I mean? That's cool. They like, were ready. Like, we yeah. in church praying. They like, nah, this is what you need to do, yo. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is how we become kings of this shit. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a wild, it's one thing to like buy a bunch of cans and like uh, guns yeah. and shit, but there's a whole different thing of being like, and this is how you subjugate the people yeah. around you so that you make sure you're the one in power when everything falls. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people didn't have no plan. It was just pray, throw your prayers in the trash can, like <laughs> <eat> spam, <laughs> you know what I mean? These motherfuckers were yeah. ready. Like, they were like, no. wow. This was forward thinking for sure. I was like, if I had to choose between those church people and the militia, I would have probably chose the militia. I think that's you know fair. What I mean? I yeah, think, I would have definitely chose the militia. I think the the older I get, the more I understand militia motherfuckers. Like, yeah. I, I could fully see myself joining a militia. I don't want to subjugate people. But yeah. if I if I was a part of a group that felt like that was necessary, yeah. I, I'd buy in. I'd listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm Absolutely. not about to be the weirdo that's like, nice, nah, treat everyone fairly. It's like, <laughs> no, we gotta we might gotta kill somebody. Gotta I don't wanna pull the trigger, yeah. but I'll support you, bro. I ain't gonna snitch. Yeah. I'll clean up. <laughs> I was like, I'll bring the bullets to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I got, go. Hey, I got money on the bullets. You got it. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we did it. I think we nailed it. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I had fun, man. Yeah, could you tell the people at home where they can find you, what cool shit you have going on? You can find me on uh, Instagram, Monroe Martin III. Twitter, same thing, Monroe Martin III. My website, MonroeMartinComedy.com. 
is where I have all my dates. I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina, the 24th and the 25th at Good Nights. So if this comes out around that time or whatever, definitely come out, see me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it comes out next week. So yeah, go yeah. check him out at Good Nights. Go visit the, the Twitter and the Instagram. Fuck with him. He's hilarious. Yeah. And as always, uh, you can you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And if you want to send me uh, drops, if you want to send me your own conspiracy theories, if you just want to say critical things about the work that I'm doing, and hurt my feelings. You can send all of that stuff to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I don't know. Bye, bitch. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.